step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I gotta change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for joining us. This episode, we're going to get right into it. I will tell you, last week we had comedian Bill Burr. If you have not heard that, go into the archives and check that out because he was hilarious. So if you like to laugh, need some laughs during this holiday season while you're shopping or, you know, dealing with family, Bill Burr will make it all better for you. So go into the archives and check out the podcast with Bill Burr this week. I have John Oran from Sports Business Journal and Andrew Marshan from the New York Post to do a 2018 sports media year in review. We cover the biggest sports media stories of the year, go through some things like uh, the uh, worst and best trends. We look ahead to 2019. Like I said, we each gave, uh, gave two of our top stories of the year, and we cover everything that sort of happened in sports media. So hopefully you guys will uh, enjoy the chat for the uh, people out there listening, when they hear Andrew Martian, they automatically think we're going to talk about Mike Francesa and his app. That's the last 10 minutes. So if you're here just for that, go all the way down to the last 10 minutes and you'll get that. For everyone else out there nationally, especially, we'll get right into it now with the 2018 Sports Media Review with John O'Ran and Andrew Martian. All right. Joining me now, two media reporters to... Review 2018 in sports media. We have John O'Ran of Sports Business Journal and Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. Both have been on the SI Media podcast plenty of times. I thank them for joining me. Fellas, how are you? Doing I'm great. Well. All right. First time we've talked over each other. I'll, I will be a good host and avoid that. Now, I'll call on you like we're in school so we don't step on each other. <laughs> Bug, cat. <laughs> So, yeah, I want to, uh, I want to get out there and sort of, uh, I feel like, let me, let me give it an overall, uh, Andrew, I'm going to start with you on this one. I feel like 2018 was a less controversial sports media year, I guess, because ESPN sort of toned things down, and um, I guess there were some other factors, and I thought 2017 was way more volatile. Is that a fair assessment, or you disagree? 
Well, I think it's, it depends what you're looking at. I would say politically, 2017 with Jamel Hill and Donald Trump and the whole narrative, at least in our circles, of ESPN being liberal um, and that impacting their ratings. Um, I think that when you look at 2017, especially off the election in 2016, um, I think it felt like it impacted the NFL as well with Colin Kaepernick and the TV ratings being down. And it feels like this year it kind of things leveled off politically, probably with you know John Skipper's exit that might have had something to do with it, um, and ESPN kind of moving in a more you know a more center direction perhaps politically. Even though I think, let me just add, with Skipper without Skipper, I think the political thing with ESPN is way overrated uh, in terms of their programming. If you actually watch there and, and having worked there. Um, you know, I don't think there's some like initiative on the left to uh, to infiltrate the programming. However, that was a narrative, and so I, I do agree with you that 2018 has been a little less rambunctious as compared to 2017. John, 2017 versus 2018. Do you feel like 2018 was calmer, or reimagining that? Yeah, a ton, a ton calmer. And yeah. a- Andrew uh, explained sort of what happened at, at ESPN. I mean, I don't know if Skipper loved the sort of the political talk that happened on social media, but he certainly put up with it in a way that uh, Jimmy Pitaro doesn't. But even beyond that, if, when was the last time uh, President Trump tweeted about the NFL or tweeted about ESPN? That had to be more than a year ago. And if it well, happened no, no, in 2018, I, he, it happened early on. No, he tweeted very early in the season, maybe you know late August, early September. I think about the ratings, maybe, um, and then that was it. Oh, after we, after the first Thursday night game, you're right, you're right. But then, if you look at, it, it's not just ESPN too. None of the networks are showing the the anthem. Nobody sort of focused on the the anthem controversy or or, or the protests that are happening or, or around it. So it's just, I think that the networks have um, been effective in in uh, sort of dampening that storyline, right. which was a huge storyline last year. Uh, the, the last thing I want to discuss right now is the anthem, but I will say it, it's funny that you point out that the network stopped showing it. They never showed it. They only showed it after the Colin Kaepernick thing, um, and it became a, a story. But before that, they never showed it anyway, so all of the people Well, they were, used to, Jimmy. They yeah. used to show it the first weekend, uh, from what I understand, from the NFL's behest. That first weekend of the year, right? So and once they, out of, doing that. Yeah. once out of, then yeah, they and the, the, the first weekend and then the playoffs, and then in between, nobody cared if someone was standing and putting their hand over their shoulder or wearing a hat or whatever. So, see, I think in 2017 they did care about that, and and then we got sort of rosters and roll calls about who was standing and who was. Well, and I can tell you why that happened because we did that, and when we would do that at SI, we'd get big traffic to all those stories that said who 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 was kneeling and who was standing. So you're part of the problem, Jimmy. I wasn't. Well, not me specifically, but yes. No, and, no, no. Yeah, the the the, the, the yes. Royal Sportsillustrated. Yes, yeah. in 2017. Yes. Well, listen. It was again. It, it's right there for you. No one ever showed the anthem, and then Kaepernick kneeled. The president went nuts, and then all the networks showed the anthem for a couple of weeks, and then now they don't. Now it's not important again. So, all right. Enough about the anthem. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like save the best for last, which is what you're supposed to do when you have a TV show or a podcast. We're gonna we're gonna do the big one right off the bat. Let's give the listeners the big one right off the bat. The sports media story of the year, 2018. What you think is the most significant sports media story, John? We'll start with you. What do you think it was? All right. So I'm coming at this from a business reporter's angle. I'm with Sports Business Journal. 
there's the whole sale of the Fox RSNs, which I think really has a potential to change the way people uh, people view their hometown teams, depending on who who ends up getting them. But that that's sort of that's almost more of a story for next year. There's a lot of uh, um, sort of politicking and, and people trying to figure out what's going on there. So the two I'm going to give to you are uh, the uh, the match with Tiger and Phil, mm-hmm. which um, I thought was a completely new, different, and unique way for a big media company to present a a uh, sporting event. Usually, you, you would have only seen that like on a weekend afternoon, you know, that that sort of stunt. And I think that moving forward, you're going to see a lot more of those, particularly from Turner and AT&T, because even though you know, they, it was pretty much a disaster in terms of making money and they couldn't, they couldn't charge people, I th- they really liked how that came off. They liked the programming around it, and they, they liked the, the, just the image of them being a, a first mover. Do we know – but before you get to this, do we know – because it ended up being a debacle with the, with the technology of it and the streaming, and then they gave it away for free and refunded money – to everyone who, who ordered it. Do we know before that how many people had paid for the match? Uh, we don't have an exact number of, right. uh, of how many people paid for the match, but um, I, I think it's, uh, conservatively speaking, they probably lost about $10 million off that from, from, from a gate. Uh, right, but I, I'm just curious if they had no problems, how many people would have ordered that day after Thanksgiving, you know, on a, on a Friday afternoon, but... I guess we'll make that. And I think that's something that's impossible because once people realized on Twitter that it was free, right. I, I bet a lot of people went, went to, to, to click on it. Right. All but right. I think that Turner even was just kind of viewing that as a test. So they wanted to make Absolutely. money, of course. Every, everybody does. But, yeah. but it was, if they didn't make money, I don't think that they would have, you know, it, it would have killed their whole business. All right. And did you have another one you wanted to throw out there? Yeah, the only other one is uh, is Fox selling their entertainment assets to Disney, which sort of created a much more uh, slimmed down Fox, which enabled them to do a Thursday night football deal, enabled them to renew a a Major League Baseball deal, enabled them to bring the uh, WWE over. I mean, those are three major rights deals that one one network that had been shedding its sort of entertainment assets and seemingly getting smaller um, went into. And it just shows that TV networks especially value these live sports rights, and they're going to pay whatever it takes to keep that within the sort of TV industry. And so the idea of Amazon or Facebook or one of these other companies coming in, they're going to have to go against Fox, whose sole reason for being, and ESPN, their sole reason for being are live sports. So they're going to pay pay pretty handsomely to try to keep them. Interesting. That's a good one. And I had WWE as one of the stories I wanted to discuss. All right, Andrew, besides Mike Francesa's 899 app, your biggest... <laughs> Your biggest. By the way, I'm I'm going to drink every time one of you says Francesco. So the, thanks. The over under on Twitter was 24, so there's one. <laughs> uh, the the sports media story of 2018, Mr. Andrew Marshan. Well, if you want a local or no national, national, I know national. It's kind of all right because locally we'll do local a little later. You it's and I. It's Mike. If it's yeah. local, him coming back. Right. National. I got a couple here for yep. you. Number one is Jimmy Pataro taking over ESPN. We kind of talked about a little bit the new direction. I just think you look at what they've done. Um, he's, you know, put Norby Williamson in charge, and SportsCenter has become more traditional. Um, their relationship with the NFL has improved, and when you think about it, that the fact that you're paying somebody two, almost $2 billion and you had to improve the relationship said something about the previous regime. So just a... 
you know, a title change, um, title wave of a change at ESPN and potentially the direction that it's going, especially with ESPN Plus uh, that they, you know, brought in Pataro to sort of, um, even though he's not technically leading it, but to be a, a big player in trying to make that a success long term. So I think Pataro, to me, is your number one story of the year. Number two um, is Peyton Manning and his decision not to go in the Monday night football booth and not to go in the Thursday night football uh, booth. You know, Manning uh, has been looked at by TV executives as kind of the next big thing. Obviously, that has become Tony Romo, but Peyton could have gone to Monday night football and he wasn't getting $10 million, which I know has been reported, but he probably could have gotten seven um, and he could have been uh, the face of Monday night football. He also could have gone to Thursday night. They wanted him badly, Fox. Uh, to, to lead that package, and if he didn't go now, it's hard to imagine when he would go now. I think it was important to Peyton, and I did report this, that he, you know, who his partner was going to be. At that point, Joe Buck, and he doesn't really have a relationship with Buck, wasn't going to do Thursday night. But, you know, if it were Mike Tirico, someone who has a relationship, um, he might have maybe, maybe he would have made the jump, but I think Peyton Manning not going into the NFL booth, and, you know, because that has a lot of um, strings with it. Thursday night's a big deal for Fox in terms of trying to make it a premier event. And then, of course, the Monday Night Football booth has been a point of discussion uh, in media circles uh, all season. It, it, I, I heard from multiple sources, not one, but multiple sources, Ooh, that, the, multiple. that the reason Peyton didn't take the gig is because he didn't want to call games that Eli and Tom Brady played in. Yeah, I reported the Eli part of it. I heard, I mean, since you brought it up, I heard the Brady part. I could not confirm the Brady part, and so I only wrote the Eli part. Um, he did do a, you know, he does that thing on um, on ESPN Plus where he breaks down the film, and he did do an Eli thing, but that's control. Right. So I don't think, you know, one can be with the other. Here's the thing. If I'm Fox, if I'm ESPN, and he tells me he doesn't want to do an Eli game, that's going to be three hours of his life, and I get it's Peyton Manning, and they wanted him badly. Both things, I, I would be very hesitant to hire someone who couldn't, well, you know, doesn't really think they want to do three hours of calling his brother's game. It's not like it'd be three hours where everyone's expecting you to criticize your well, brother. I would say this: the Eli thing to me is not an issue. First of all, as a viewer, now you, I'm going as a as a fan and a viewer. Fuck, whenever they had the giant, let's say. Peyton took that job. Fox just should not let him do the giant games. Just don't put him in the booth. Throw in whoever, Charles Davis or whatever, and let him do the game. It's What is it going to be, one or two games over the course of a season? Fine. If he is going to call the Eli game, I think anyone listening to that knows not to take it seriously. It's his brother calling the game. Yeah. The fascinating thing... Most of these guys don't criticize anybody. Right. The fascinating thing is the Brady angle. The fact that he didn't want to call Tom um, Brady games. That's the juicy story there, not Eli. Yeah, like I said, I... I mean, I'll talk about it here, I guess, but I, I, it's it's one of those too good to be true, and I knew, like, I didn't have it, so I couldn't write it because it's one of those things that would have blown up and been a huge story, and like I said, I heard it, but I don't know it to be necessarily uh, that that was accurate. Um, and I don't know if that was ultimately his decision. I think it was a factor, but I don't know if it was ultimately why he didn't do it. I just but, think, you know, he didn't really want to – he didn't really want to do it. Your heart has to be in it, and the Manning family – um, you know, they kind of have that sort of, um, 
you know, uh, Ron Howard sort of happy days, you know, kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky kind of thing going. But they're, you know, you could tell by their decision-making that they're killers uh, when it's time to make decisions with what Eli did in San Diego. Right. And they want things to be perfect. They don't just do things if it's not how they want them to be. So, But, but don't you um, think, and John, I'll go to you. Don't you think, though, it really worked out for the best for Fox? Because, yeah, yes, they had to pony up a lot of extra cash for Joe and Troy to do the extra game each week. But when you look at what's gone on with the Monday night football booth with the new crew, Fox has not had to deal with any of that by having Buck and Aikman call the games. They've had a very controversial free um, sort of go at the Thursday night game. Yeah, there, there's no sort of learning of the ropes. And Andrew reported this out uh, great when it, when it actually happened. I mean, what, what I had heard is there was certainly the dalliance there. But he really wants to be—he really wants to be involved in the NFL in in some manner, and I think he's he's viewing the you know the, the John Elway route, or or maybe trying to get in more into ownership or something along those lines. So, he, you know, what what my understanding is, if he were to come back, it was going to be sort of a short term thing and nothing that that he'd be here for you know for decades doing. Right. Um, with the sports media story of the year, I got two for you guys. Um. I think an obvious one is the NFL ratings resurgence. Uh, you know, I said all along throughout the ratings dip that I thought it was because the NFL had peaked at, at whatever year it was, 2015, 2016, with monster ratings that they couldn't maintain. I, I thought the dip had to do with that, not anything political. And I think the bounce back this year shows that they've, they've had a tremendous season on the field. I mean, this past Sunday was insane. They've gotten lucky with great games. They had a lot of good primetime games, and they had to deal with, you know, Peyton Manning leaving, but they've got now, you know, Mahomes, and there's Baker Mayfield, Patriots are still a must-watch every week, Rams offense, they've got the Cowboys back this year, so I think Bears. the Bears, absolutely in a huge market, exactly. Yeah, the Bears are the most underrated story in the NFL, in my opinion, ratings-wise. Yeah, so I, I, I think... I think the NFL had peaked. The ratings were insane for those years there in the early, you know, 2013, 14, 15. Going to be a natural dip, and now they're back to, you know, they, they have, you know, the Thursday night game last week, uh, last night, for example, Monday night game last night, I'm sorry. Minnesota-Seattle, I think, was lowest Monday night since 2011 or something like that. Those things are going to happen. It was a 3 nothing game at halftime. But they've stabilized everything, and I think um, – on the field is what's brought the ratings back. Nothing to do with protests and Colin Kaepernick and politics. Um, Andrew, we'll go. Any thoughts on that? No, I think you. I, I agree with you. I, I think that it, it, first off, the the reason the ratings, in my opinion, were were down, you know, more so, much more so than anything to do with the anthem or anything off the field, were that they they had, you know, they flooded the market. Now they still have, but what they've done on Thursday night is that Fox moved some of their better games to Thursday night. Now, they've had a couple of stinkers as well, but for the most part, it's usually a good Thursday night right. game now because they've taken that Sunday window and they said, you know, we're going to do well in that Sunday window, even if it's our number two game, and we'll take it on Thursday. So they put some really strong games on Thursday, and then the league gave them some strong games on Thursday. Uh, ESPN got a better schedule and, and you know, had the behemoth-Rams-Chiefs game, and so – you add it all up, and there's been more buzz, and the ratings every week, CBS is, is way up. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think it was 
I think people like football or not. I, I, are there some people who were political about it? Maybe. But I, I would say that you're probably not that big a football fan if you're giving up football because of, uh, you know, an anthem protest. I just don't think that's something that's going to, to really maybe move some people, but not move that many people not to watch if you're a real diehard football fan. John, your thoughts on the NFL ratings coming Yeah, back? I think when, when, uh, when, when the ratings were down, I think there were probably 20 reasons, and I think the anthem protest did play, play a reason. I mean, I, I, I do have some friends that sort of – they wanted to quit, and they, they ended up quitting. They just they, they didn't like it. But that's, that was one of probably 20 reasons, and you guys went through it, and I think that the same reasons hold forth here. I think that they're – you know – you have a really offensive games uh, that that uh, bring out better ratings. Um, I think even you can even go down to something like the the weather on the East Coast has been in D.C. It was the rainiest November ever. People stay in and they watch television when when the weather's not good. You know that plays a part. So there, I think even if the ratings were down, say five percent. The NFL ratings are still so much higher than anything else that that even like last year's drop or the, the you know the drop from two years ago, you know it, it was something worthy of taking a look at, but it wasn't an existential crisis because the NFL is still so popular and so powerful, and every single brand is like right. falling over themselves to try to get involved with it. The the one thing I should say to to sort of just tack on to what I had said about I don't, I don't think politics were a factor. I do think. The I, the one thing I do think was a factor was the competition from cable news, which since mm-hmm. Trump you know went into office, the ratings for Fox News, CNN, MSNBC have been all time records for them. But I think now we've hit the point where there's a lot of Trump. I, you know, I think in 2016, he first becomes president, and you know he does something psychotic on a Sunday. People are going to flip over to the cable news to see what he's doing. Now it happens on a daily basis. There's Trump fatigue. You sort of, you know, you're just so saturated by, you know, you realize now he's just deranged and he's going to do crazy things every day. So you don't have to flip over to cable news on a Sunday afternoon. So I do think the the cable news put a little bit of a dent maybe in 2017. But I think the fatigue now is here. And, and that's another factor for the uh, NFL ratings on Sunday being so good. And if you take a look at the ratings, news network ratings are, are down. Uh, this yeah. year, so that that falls falls yeah. into that that for that reason right there. My other my other media story of the year. It's it's funny. John comes from the business world, so he gave you the RSNs. Andrew wanted to get in there local with the return of Mike Francesa. I'm in the digital world. Obviously, I write a column every day for SI.com. So my other sports media story of 2018, I think, is the absolute dominance, and it's digital dominance by Barstool Sports. Um, listen, this this is this has been a this has been coming for a long time. It's not like 2018 was massively different for them than 2017, but I do think they went to another level. Their podcast network is something to marvel at. They launch one, it goes to number one. Uh, you go to iTunes, I mean, the first three are usually, you know, part of my take, and Spit and Chicklets, which is their hockey podcast. Uh, they've got A-Rod now with the Corp. Uh, and their, their hold on... I don't know, the range, 18 to 34, 18 to 49, whatever it is. But if you're, even if you're as big as ESPN or you're a Fox, you're an SI, I mean, when you see what Barstool, the hold they have on young people. Now, listen, I, I don't want to get into the content, and I know people have issues with it, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just coming at this from a business perspective. If you're anything but impressed by what they've done from a business standpoint with younger people, and with audio, video, digitally, you're, you're not being fair. Because it is, 
it's dominance at this point. Either of you have. Yeah, I'll get into the. Yeah, I'll ahead. get into the content there for for a second. I, I have a a nineteen year old son, and uh, and he listens to uh, Pardon My Take, and and he he, he samples all, all that stuff. I think one time Big Cat had retweeted me, right? Or he mentioned, maybe mentioned me on, on the podcast. Right. And my son thought uh, at that moment thought I was like the coolest uh, person uh, <laughs> around if, right. in yeah. a way that like never, never happens if it's uh, an ESPN talent or never happens if it's a CBS talent. Right. I was on, I was on a panel recently at a college, at a college campus, um, Villanova with Erica Nardini. And it was a, a business sort of uh, ca- uh, uh, panel and in the back were all these people wearing bar, barstool clothing. They had barstool banners and signs. They ran up afterwards to uh, to get her autograph and right. take selfies with her. It, 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 there's a hold that barstool has on on um, young college kids and, and kids out of college. That frankly, if you're my age, ESPN had on on me when I was in college. And, and I the, actually and, the, and I actually think it expands even to past college. You know, I mean, I work with a bunch of people and. Um, who are out of college and, you know, there's a couple of them that are diehards. I, I think, um, uh, the, again, about making money, well, like you said, merchandise and they've monetized podcasts, which is not easy to do. Um, th- you know, they, they had that thing with ESPN last year. I, I, you know, I know ESPN is sort of righted their ship, but my God, if I was ESPN, I would be kicking myself every day to not be in business with the PMT guys because, I think if I'm not, I, I don't know the exact number. I, sh- I should know it, and it's a bad job by me. But I, I'm pretty sure, you know, iTunes came out with the most popular podcast rankings of the year. They were in the top 10, if I'm not mis- You know, I don't know the exact. I mean, that is, again, th- they succeed in pretty much everything they do. So I think it's a very impressive story. Andrew, you have anything yeah. on that? Yeah. Well, when I first got this job, you know, I tried to meet with as many people as possible. And, you know, obviously Barstool had emerged in uh, 11 years uh, between when I last did it and then came back. And so I met with Erica Nardini. And she's, you know, you meet with certain people and, you know, sometimes they could be, they got big jobs and you leave. And at least for me, I'm like, yeah, that person doesn't really, you know, they're not really on top of it. She knows what she's doing. I mean, you see how they're changing, how they monetize things. It's very, you know, even with the Dave Portnoy's uh, pizza reviews, which are funny and, you know, have a viral um, ability to them, how they've now created an app, um, you know, where you can see all the reviews and see the ratings, um, where, you know, I think over time, you know, could become the go-to app if you're someplace and you want to, you know, find out what what pizza to eat. And I just think there's a lot of different ways that they're expanding their business. Now, in my opinion, at this point, they're no, they're not really a threat to ESPN or these other places. They're in, they're in a different realm, um, but but in terms of their appeal and their audience and their relationship with their audience, um, it's it's pretty unmatched. I think you know John made a good point. This was sort of you know like ESPN was you know back in the day with Berman um, yeah. and well, others. I, well, I don't I don't I don't I don't even think I don't think it's a fair comparison even to compare them to ESPN because. I mean, ESPN's a, a network that airs the NFL, the NBA, MLB. Barstool's yeah. not doing that. But well, I, I thought you I brought think, that up earlier. But no, no, but I'm saying I think they're kicking ESPN's ass when it comes to establishing a brand with young people. I don't think it's even close. I think Van Pelt's done that. So I think ESPN, well, see, ESPN, because of its, you know, how large it is, it's underrated. Right, because, listen, if you're, uh, if you're a sports fan, I argue with people, if you're a sports fan, you need ESPN. 
There's no two ways about it. ESPN is part of your life if you're a sports fan. Monday night football, MLB playoff game, NBA all the time. You know, the NBA, you know, some dopes on Twitter. I, I had said this. The NBA finals air on ABC. I had someone say that's not ESPN. It's ESPN. You, if you're a sports fan, golf, tennis, you need ESPN. They're always going to be there. So uh, to compare them to anyone, I think, is, it, it's a little skewed. For yeah, but I also think, Jimmy, ESPN's doing some cool stuff about getting younger. I think, like, they have that sports center on Snapchat show. I think that, you know, that, that's, how, that's also how my son consumes some of the sports news that, right. that gets out there. So but, I, but, I don't think ESPN is – I think but, ESPN is but, the best among the networks in terms of getting young. I would hope so. They have the most money and the most talent, you know, the roster. I'm <laughs> just also, saying. Go ahead, go ahead, Andrew. I, I think ESPN, though, because it's the, you know, 10,000-pound gorilla, gets underrated sometimes in terms of their relationship with fans. So, like, someone like Stephen A. or Van Pelt, I mean, I could go down. It's a long, long list. And you look at even, like, their social media following. Now, I get it. They're at ESPN. So everyone's like, well, of course, you know, Van Pelt has a couple of million Twitter followers and, you know, Big Cat, who I agree with you, is on the Ascension, uh, but, you know, he's not at a million yet. Again, doing great and is building up from Barstool, but I do think ESPN gets underrated a little bit because they're so big. They're the Yankees, so when they have that, you know, kind of uh, familiarity with their audience or that relationship with their audience, I think it's somewhat underrated I don't, because it's a billion-dollar business. I, I don't. I didn't know you were such a slave to Twitter followers. I didn't know I had Rovell on this podcast. I thought it was Andrew Marshall. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to well, fight. Hold on a second. I, just, uh, wait, wait. I didn't look up any of them. But wait, I just want to say this, because this is supposed to be a year-in-review podcast, so I don't want to just argue with you're you. You're the one about taking all... it on a left turn. You're the host. Well, no, no, you're making bad points, because here's what I was going to say. Oh, God. I don't know how many followers Big Cat has. It's not about the number of followers. It's about the interaction of your followers and whether your followers will respond to the things that you put out there. Whatever number he has, I guarantee you, is more valuable than almost anyone at ESPN. I mean, it's like... It's, it's like, not about it's, the number. It's, <laughs> that statement makes... I would have five. I, it's are not. You're correct. And it makes no sense. There are people... This. Look, I'm not like... I'm Andrew, not there like are people... Now, Andrew, there are, Andrew, there are people who have 200,000 followers and can't get anyone to listen to their podcast or get a page view. There are people no, 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 with 50,000 no. followers <laughs> who can. It's not about not, the number. No, I'm not arguing, but, but, but I think you're taking what I said, like maybe I didn't explain it well, but you're taking it wrong. I'm not taking anything away from the Barstool guy or, or Dan Katz. He's doing great. You want, when he tweets something out, it always has thousands of retweets. All right, that's almost, my point. Always. All right, yeah, we agree. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I do think, though, like Van Pelt or Stephen A's popularity <sighs> or other uh, sports center hosts, their popularity, I just think, is is underrated because you're just, oh, well, it's ESPN. Again, but Stephen, so, A, I, Stephen A's popularity is because he's a joke, not because he's, you know. Uh, I, maybe <laughs> to you. I don't know. Again, I, I, Stephen A, I think, has grown as a broadcaster, and maybe to you okay. he's a joke, but I think that Stephen A yeah. has, has grown into and that's again, not a real. That's not a real show. He's not doing like a real, like it's not. That's your, but that's what you think. Well, uh, that's what I, who, if you're saying that's what you think. It's my podcast, though. That's it. Okay, but, but we're talking business, and I think Stephen A has a real connection with an audience. And, for example, if I'm Stephen A, I'm going to our next contract, right? If first take, if, if I'm going in there, well, I, I might leave. Who are you replacing me with? And now could he be replaced, and could they be, could do just as well with somebody else? Maybe. But you know you can do as well as they're doing with Stephen A. That's a pretty good place to be. I think so you can easily find someone to something. scream and yell stupid things and – 
you know, I don't know. John, there's do you want to let John? It. Again, I'm not saying it's uh, let John journalism get, or anything like that. Let's let John weigh in here with the last word so we can move on. Go ahead, John. Big Big Cat has 670,000 uh, Twitter followers. I just checked. And uh, <laughs> I, look, we, we just talked about how we're not comparing – you know, Barstool to ESPN, they're completely separate uh, things. Right. I think ESPN does a really good job of interacting and uh, with with uh, young fans, uh, and I think Barstool does as well. Okay. All right. That was spirited. I liked it. Andrew, we're okay? <laughs> well, it's good. We're good. We're Do- good. You listen, this podcast, there are people who, you know, are just, you know listen to every single word and then they can report back. It's a very, you know, this is an important oh, podcast. We, we know, they, uh, we know it. We know in the WFAN studios they are. They are listening to every word and parsing them. How many subscribers did you re- drink on that? Do, do I have to drink on WFAN <laughs> or is it just for Instagram? How many? How many subscribers did you report on this podcast? Three hundred? Was that? <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to hang up unless you say the exact what exactly happened. Now I need. No, Andrew never. Andrew never reported that. It was a throwaway line. It was a joke, in jest. And someone listening at WFAN told the big guy, and the big guy, the big guy had big issues with Andrew Marchand. But that's that's we're not we're not here for that. We'll and either, by the way, while we're at it, though, I will say this: even when we said that, I didn't even say subscribers. If you go back, I said three hundred downloads. Right. Whatever. Bottom it, line is, yeah, like he knows the difference. Whatever. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to 2018. If I want whoever's to... listening, listen closely. That's my yeah. advice. Listen closely. Right. Hello, W. Do I have to start talking about Chad Dukes and uh, Steve Zabin here down here in DC. Do they Nobody have? A, they do they have an app for 8.99 a month? Because <laughs> if not, we're not interested. All right. All right. Done. Just... Sorry, guys. Hello, WFAN. We know you're listening. Okay. Get 2018 best and worst trend of the year in sports media. I asked you. I'll give. I'll start. I'll give you. I'll give you my worst trend. The, I think the Tiger Phil thing is a horrible thing for sports fans. I think all of these now, you know, Bleach Report, ESPN, they're going to try to throw as much stuff on there to get as much money from consumers as possible. And we're being consumers. Fans are being asked to buy too many things. ESPN Plus, the Bleacher Report app. You already have Netflix. You already have Sirius. You already have Hulu. You already. It's too much. It's too much. The fans are going to get screwed in the end. I think it's a terrible trend. Uh, let's start with Andrew. Best and worst trend of 2018. Well, can I, uh, let me comment on, on Go ahead. what you just said. I mean, first off, yeah, I, I said this all for a long time. Like, I hate my cable company just like everyone else does. However, I do think that one day we might miss the bundle, that you got to get everything. The bundle might be better than people realize that when you start having to you know, understand that ESPN Plus, you know, 20 years from now has the, you know, has baseball and Bleacher Report has football and whatever it is. You know, you're going to be, I wish I had um, my my bundle. Um, totally agree. Yeah. So so, so I'll comment on that. Like, let John go. He, he did more of the homework. I know he sent us the homework sheet. I, I don't really have a best or worst trend. Right. I, I, I was doing Get my to. job. <laughs> Time to, to yeah, figure you, out what was the best and worst trend. But maybe I'll say something that will spark my mind here. Yeah, you John. guys stole that from, from me, actually, because I was going to say this whole cord-cutting trend which uh, seems like yeah. it's great. Let's let's uh, cut the cable cord. Is is going to make things so much more expensive? And right now, you you have ESPN Plus, you have BR Live, NBC has uh, NBC Gold, and then you have right. all these other ones that are starting to uh, to, to launch, and they're all five ten dollars on uh, per month or or more, and uh, and that's going to be become so expensive and so cumbersome to watch. I think all oh. of the problems with uh, you know the Amazon. Had the U.S. Open in in uh, Britain, 
and it went so poorly they had to stop uh, stop stop with the comments because of, the streaming just is not quite there yet and if people are expecting to take mass sports that bring big audiences and stream them at the, the 2018 is not the year for that yet. I just would like to tell the listeners real quick one thing. This was not planned. We did not plan that we'd all have the same answer for the worst trend. It's uh, we all, I guess, hate the court. It's the combination. Well, of the, no, let me. Can I go say ahead. something? Else? Yes, can I play go ahead. Devil's advocate yes, go ahead. Now, I did say my one point, but devil's advocate is it's getting more expensive for the sports fan. Now, you could argue that the non-sports fan who is paying seven dollars or eight dollars or John, you probably know the exact number that ESPN. Is, gets every month from every cable subscriber on basic cable, that person's not paying that anymore, so they're getting that money back. Um, and so in theory, they only want Netflix. And so for them, it's getting cheaper. They just cut the cord completely, and it's good for them. So, But for the sports fan, the sports consumer now is going to be asked to um, handle more of the bundle. And the cumulative effect at some point is – the leagues maybe will have to take less money. Now, that's not happening in the near term. I don't believe. I think that the, um, the fees are going to go up, you know, and we've already seen that um, with the latest deals, and I think that will continue. However, at some point, um, there, you would think there's going to be a um, point where maybe the leagues, where that turns, and, you know, you can only, you can only charge the sportsman so much uh, for his or her sports and that the leagues might have to take less money. Again, I'm not saying the near term, but at some point I think that is something the leagues have to be concerned about, and, 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 um, the, net, and the networks um, have to as well in terms of where that pricing is going as compared to what the sports fan can afford. I don't want to shoot down all your points, but we don't care about the non-sports fan here. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Why are you kidding. here about the Jimmy Tra- Why are They're you not listening on? to the SI right. podcast. Thank Absolutely. you, John. Thank you, John. I'm a- you relax, it. Andrew, it's a joke. Relax. Relax. We're having fun. We're having fun. Relax. <laughs> John, go ahead. You know, I think that we're actually kind of seeing it already. But the NFL is in no, uh, no trouble. The NBA is in no trouble. These big league, uh, leagues are in no trouble. But it's the smaller leagues that don't bring big audiences that don't like if I don't have the Atlantic Ten to pick to pick one out college conference, you know the the, the that's not going to entice a cable operator to take my channel, you know. Right. But but if I have the NFL or the NBA, yeah. So I think that these smaller leagues that don't bring big audiences that are at a real risk. And I think it's also some of these bigger leagues, you know, like I'm my I'm going to be taking a look at NASCAR. The ratings have been going off the uh, off the cliff for you know what, what seems like five six years now. You know, next time those rights come up, are they going to get as as much as as, as they have been getting? That's that's going to be the big question to say. Right. Um, is there a good trend? I'm not that- as fiery as uh, as Mark Shand here. Yeah. So I'm, I apologize. It's okay. I feel like I'm the sober guy. I, we were all pretty much. In. I just listen. I wanted to kill anyone who told me they ordered that Tiger Phil thing because I just thought, listen, if 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 these companies see that you're a sucker enough to pay twenty dollars for a fake, made up exhibition event. God knows what they're going to do to us for a real event. Uh, you better be careful. Oh, see, I, I see. I, I think that you you are the target demo for for that though, because you like to gamble. And, and once once you can just gamble on those shots yeah, but, and, and just do it 
literally on the screen in a way you can't do it on broadcast TV, you're going to love it. You're going to be like, yeah, give me more of this. I don't know if I should be insulted by that. No, I, um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I like, you miss a big trend actually. I like to, realize. I like to gamble on real events, not fake of it's a, it's an exhibition. They're not taking that seriously. They're not, they don't care about winning that. They, what were they getting paid before it was even determined who would win? The, the winner was getting what? Like a million dollars or something? I think it was like 10, 10, like million, 10, million, 10 million. Right. Okay. So 10 million to them is like if we won, you know, a thousand dollars. It's, you know, I don't think 10 million is a good amount. Well, who, who won the thing? I don't even know who, who ended up winning. Phil, 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 Phil won. So you think Tiger went home that night crying? I, I highly doubt it. I think he wanted no, to win could. ultimately. I, I think Tiger was fine without the 10 million. I don't think he's, you know, we missed one trend though. Can I just say one trend? I don't think he's cutting coupons today. Go ahead. What trend did we miss? The, the fact that gambling was, you know, freed in terms of being legalized in more states than Nevada. Now, we're not there yet. Well, is that a good trend years. or a bad trend? Well, for sports media companies, and we're talking about the rights fees, it is going to make sports, in my opinion, um, if they get the regulation right on a state level, um, eventually in, in, in more states, it will make sports more popular, mm-hmm. and ultimately it will change how we watch sports. And I know you, you love Brent and you love Al, you know, for how they've mentioned um, the lines and all that kind of stuff. And that will be more in the that will be more in the public eye, you know, three to five years from now. Um, and I think you look at sports radio, which Jimmy we've talked about before. Um, I think that will become a little more gambling centric potentially uh, in the future. So I do think that's a huge thing that we failed to mention earlier. John, your thoughts on the sports gambling? and Yeah, I, I agree. And in, in fact, uh, you know, when we were talking about the NFL ratings being up, nobody mentioned gambling, which we, we should have because it's, it's legalized. And, and, and even though it's not, um, you know, con- uh, coast to coast, that there, you, you can do it in, in a lot of big markets now. Um, and, and so that's, that's certainly one of the 20 reasons uh, that, that ratings are up. And I, I can tell you that, you know, Andrew can too, every single – TV executive or league executive that you talk to about this, they, they have dollar signs in their eyes and they see this as just such a huge money-making opportunity for them that, yeah. that, 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 that they haven't seen in, in, you know, a new revenue stream like this in decades. It's amazing how much gambling content all these media companies threw together at the last minute there and, and ended up launching in the last, you know, couple of months. Um, you know, I, this wasn't on my list of topics and I didn't even think, thought to talk about it, but... Andrew mentioned it, and I think it's—I think you guys are perfect to discuss this, and it, it, it sort of fits in. And Andrew mentioned Sports Talk Radio, and I'm not doing this to discuss Mike Francesa, so take a drink. I mentioned him again. But here we are, 2018, we talked about bars. Really, I hope people really started with some vodka at the beginning of this. Yeah. And you're doing shots, and this is the good. They're going to be the best <laughs> no, but ever. I'm just curious what you guys think. Here we are, 2018. We talked about Barstool and, and the digital landscape. Podcasts have become huge. You know, every media company out there is trying to do video and launching these apps with the video. And, you know, they all have their fake video numbers that they get from fake traffic on Facebook and they pump it up like it's real and it's all not. And I'm just curious, where do we, what is the state of sports talk radio in 2018? Do you think it's a dying medium? Do you think uh, locally it's still something that's needed that will always be there? Uh, John, you mentioned a couple of guys in Washington. 20, at the end of 2018 here, what's your view of sports talk radio? In this I mean, digital I world, I view sports talk radio is similar to the, the, the way I view TV. I mean, I, I think that there there is something to be said for live programming that can talk about things that are that, that are happening um, uh, in, in real time. So 
So, you know, I, I listen on occasion to like Tony Kornheiser's podcast and, you know, it's, it, it has to it almost has to be evergreen. Right. But mm-hmm. if, if you, if you turn on to, you know, one of those guys like a Chad Dukes or a Francesca, like, like you're hearing it like right at the time as, right. as, as, as he's talking. And so I, I think that, you know, th- th- there is value to that. I don't see it as a, as a, I don't see it as necessarily a growth medium, but I certainly, I don't see it as a dying medium. Right. What do you think, Andrew? In terms of popularity, um, at least in the market I work in, sports radio is doing just fine. Um, in the last month of November, Kay and Francesa tied at number one in all of New York radio ratings. They had 13% of the audience uh, from 3 to 6.30. So um, I think... It's. I think that. I think in the people like us who are in the business, podcasts are. They seem like they should be the next big thing, and it seems like they should be very popular. And and like you said about Barstool, how they made them successful, and it seems as if. And I've been told, you know, are they monetizing them very well? Um, th- that's hard to do because it's sort of like the internet. There's a million podcasts. So to stick out is hard right. when, and, and it, there's generations of people still who really aren't podcast savvy. Uh, so podcasts are hard to be successful. The radio um, still does well and is easily accessible. And to John's point, there really, you know, there's satellite radio, no serious, you know, XM, if you listen to the Mad Dog channel, that lineup is very strong, but you're getting a national point of view. I do think sports, Radio is still best local, at least in the market I'm in. Um, you know, people want to talk about New York sports constantly, especially when there's a big issue, you know, like a big Met or Yankee trade. Uh, so I think that uh, it's not going anywhere. As a business, I think it's suffering in the advertising um, department, just like all the major, you know, newspapers, TV, uh, radio, and the impact of the internet um, has had on it, but. But in terms of its popularity, it's still very, very popular, even in a Spotify world. It, yeah, I mean, you both mentioned the immediacy of it, and, and it is true. I mean, you know, Cowboys have a big game. You know, Lakers get LeBron. The, the Patriots lose a crazy game. You have to wait for a podcast to cover that, whereas sports talk, you just flip on your radio and, and boom, it's right there for you. But... Um, I would love to know, like when you report out the ratings for radio, Andrew, it's, you, you do, like when you, you mentioned the ratings for Michael K and Mike Francesa, you, you, you do what, 18 to 49? Is that what it is? Or 18 to what? It's uh, 25 to 54. 20, okay, see, that's a 25. I would love to know the Sports Talk radio ratings for 18 to 30. Would love to know. Well, I can't ones. tell you, like 18 to, I mean, 25 to 49, K always beats them. Yeah, I, I just want. beat them. You know, so Mike, you know, Francesa's audience, is older. Right. I mean, that's you know, one of the things why Kay is closing in and may beat him in this book um, is because, you know, Francis' audience is reaching out of the what they rate. But I'm just saying, compared to podcasts, obviously, sports radio listeners are I would think it's older. older. I mean, yeah. I don't know that for sure, but yeah, I would think that podcasts in general are, are, are younger yeah. um, than sports. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a pretty go, easy right. assumption. Yeah. Um, is there a media person... TV, radio, podcast, someone on air uh, that, that you thought had a breakout 2018. Either Whoever has one can jump in first. If you have one, throw it out there. You got one, John? Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll throw out Booger McFarlane. I think uh, the, Monday night, the Monday night booth has been just 
killed yeah. uh, from 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 day one, and he appears to me to be the one guy who is uh, coming out smelling a, a little bit like a rose. Um, you, are you basing that, is that your opinion or what you've seen from people? On... Just what uh, what I've seen, well, sort of how I've seen people take. To, I mean, right. people are, are killing Witten yeah. uh, every time he opens his mouth. Joe Tess is love or hate. But Booker McFarland, somebody that, that people that people generally want to give him a chance, and people that generally he seems to be working with people. It seems to me. Is he back on the crane next year? No chance. He's <laughs> in the in the booth. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, I'm gonna write a column about it, but um, I, but I will tell you, uh, yeah, I I tend to. I mean, I thought the Booger Mobile was a terrible idea from the start. Um, you know, it's you. You mean, and they presented it as Booger's the third person in the booth, like you know, third. He's just as a co-analyst to Jason Witten, and then you throw him down there. They wanted their big thing was chemistry, and to me, they made it so it was harder to have chemistry, even when you listen. You know, have they changed? You know, Joe Tess has mellowed out the last two weeks, either um, by his own uh, direction or he was told by execs to do that, um, and. You know, he's been a mellower guy. Um, I think Witten actually, in my opinion, has improved, you know, as the season has gone on. Um, you know, he's put in a role that he probably, um, you know, shouldn't have been put in. I think most jobs you have experience before you get the, you know, one of the top jobs. Uh, you know, this one you didn't. I understand the circumstances. Um, it may have helped the ESPN with the league, you know, Jerry Jones and stuff. And so, um, you know, that that's a factor. But, and to, to answer your question, I think Maria Taylor is someone who's made a leap, I think, mm-hmm. um, into that, you know, maybe uh, kind of is, is going, is on the way up, if you will, um, between her college football work and, you know, doing some get-up stuff and kind of seems as if she may be uh, a star on the rise. I'll give you, that's a good one for sure. I'll give you a, a guy um, I really enjoy on NBA for TN, uh, for ESPN, and he does the fill-in on the Yes Network here locally on Yankee Games, and that's Ryan Rucco. Um, keep an eye out on him. I think he's going to become a, a big, big deal at ESPN. He does NBA. He's very, very good on play-by-play. He fills in for Michael K on the Yes Network, and I enjoy his work uh, a lot, and he's a young man. He's good. Rucco's very good. Yeah. Young. And I'll tell you a story about Rucco. When I was, when I was at ESPN... Um, I was at Yankee Stadium one day. He was at Fordham, and they sent it out to me for an update. I did my update for ESPN. Then for WFUV, which is the Fordham station, they sent it out to him for an update, and he did his update, and he was sitting next to me. And I looked at him. I said, Ryan, I think you should be doing the updates on ESPN, and I should be doing them on WFUV. <laughs> so, so I think he, you know, so his talent has been apparent for a while. Yeah. Um, Let me throw one other ahead. name out there. Go ahead, yes. Is, um, uh, Liam McHugh, mm-hmm. who, like it's NBC. so hard for young people to break into like a national uh, a, a national um, series, like especially Sunday night f- uh, football. And I think he he's gone onto that desk. He does a lot of things for ESPN. It's hard to think of. He's got to be over forty, I think, and it's hard to think of somebody like that as a young up and comer. But but unfortunately, say, sort of in the he he looks like twenty three. I know, <laughs> I know, doesn't he? Yeah. But I think like like he's been able to break in, and 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 uh, and I think like you know he's going to be set there for the next up several decades. I would think. Uh, I want to ask you guys what you think uh, will happen in 2019. Um, 
but just I'm looking here. The big story is at 20. 41. Liam McHugh wow. is 41, by the way. That's amazing. Um, look up Ruko's age, too, while you're at it for me. You could be my researcher. Ruko's like 30. I researcher think. and guest at the same time. Well, I, I, I think Ruko's 30. I mean, he... Uh, that is young. Wow. I believe. Let me look it up. We've on. covered a lot of the stories from 2018 that I wanted to touch on. Um, we've gotten into the Monday Night Football booth, uh, the sports betting, NFL ratings. Uh, I'm curious... The, the we 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 mentioned it, but I don't think we went in depth on it. In 2019, you're going to see the the WWE on Fox, not FS1, the the real Fox channel. It's going to be interesting because they're going to have the Thursday night game uh, on Fox NFL, and then right into SmackDown on Friday nights. Do you know? Are we going to? Do you know? Is Fox going to put their broadcasters that we know? Um, and make them a part of the WWE coverage. I know they've already said stuff about maybe doing a pregame show on FS1 for Friday Night uh, SmackDown. But, you know, I think I wrote this in, as a joke that they should have, like, Gus Johnson call WWE matches since he's part of Fox. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But would you be surprised if we sh- saw some familiar faces from Fox on their WWE coverage, John? Yeah, I'd be surprised if, if, they, if they did, like, a Joe Buck or, like you said. Right, right, right. Uh, but but I, I would think that you're going to have some Fox presence there. I mean, you, you, you just mentioned the whole idea. They're going to have a studio show around around it. They're going to they're really building this up as a major sport that 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 they want to carry Friday nights for them. And it, it, it's uh, I I would I would be shocked if you didn't see uh, sort of Fox hand or uh, you know the, uh, overall the production there. Did you ever think you'd see the day where a network television that has, you know, the NFL, the World Series, you know, the U.S. Open, that they would have WWE SmackDown with a, with a pregame studio show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, look, NBC pioneered this back in, in, in the 80s. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually surprised it took so long. That was, that was so hugely popular, right. and that's part of the reason why Hulk Hogan was, was as popular as he well, was the, way back when. The difference with that, though, is Saturday Night's Main Event aired at 11.30 p.m. on Saturdays. They, they, yep. It was a genius plan by, I think it was Dick Ebersole, where on the, on the weeks where Saturday Night Live would be a repeat, um, they'd have Saturday Night's Main Event, which, and I know the ratings fat were through the roof. Andrew, do you have anything, do you want, anything you want to say about WWE and Fox before I move on to another topic? No, you can move on. Ruko's right. 32, by the way. 32. Okay, thank you. Um, Kids. I, we should, I should mention Get Up here because they took a lot of uh, heat. Oh, yeah, Get Up. They took a lot of heat for really bad ratings when they started out. And uh, then Michelle Beadle left the show um, after admitting she doesn't watch the NFL, which I'm not sure how that was supposed to work. But uh, So Beadle left Get Up. The NFL season started, and since that happened those two things the ratings have been very very good and have gone up for get up uh john anything on get up that uh we should know about for the uh, their 2018 yeah i thought i always thought that maniacally following the ratings for for a brand new show was was silly i mean uh, all shows in tv take a while especially studio shows like that take a while people tinker with them you know you're way too nice john such a nice it's guy a, my God. I, I'm, try, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get more stories Andrew come on man <laughs> okay uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead sorry, I'm not saying anything I want you two guys to fight go ahead <laughs> I don't fight I'm too nice, like, well, I'm too nice. You should be able to interrupt me it's fine 
Go ahead, John. <laughs> Look, I, I, we all knew as soon as uh, the football season started, especially with uh, with Monday Night Football there, that the, the ratings were, were going to increase. Um, I think that the show, you know, the, the show started rough. It, it, it's uh, getting a little bit better, and it's still going to get better. I mean, one thing I do know is that they're committed to it, and they're going to they're going to stick with it, uh, you know, for for the foreseeable future. It's more of a Sports yeah, Center sport- show now, right? Is that yeah, it's Sports yeah. Center, right? Get it. It's Sports Center. It's called Get Up, but it's uh, it's it's pronounced. All right, so now it's your turn. Now, now, now it's your turn to be mean. Yeah, now it's my turn. Um, I mean, when you put <laughs> you 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 have a story where this didn't help them, where they're making the three people are making nearly fifteen million dollars. Oh, um, that was a killer. Yeah, yeah. That was killer. They, you know, I know, you know, like this is something a little inside baseball, but it's like the cool kids get to go to New York and work. You know, everyone else is in Bristol. Now they've moved more shows there. But, you know, that's something that I think internally probably wasn't, you know, everyone kind of noticed. Um, and uh, the fact they did a lot of publicity about it um, and, you know, put a lot of eggs in that basket and they were replacing SportsCenter, I don't think you cannot expect it to have a lot of focus on it and its ratings. Um, the putting together that program was unbelievably terrible in my opinion um and in terms of the people like you know i talked to so many people before that show launch in terms of greenberg and beetle working and not one person who you know thought that would be a good combination that just that just doesn't work um and so and 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 the biggest thing is they put michelle beetle on that show you know she clear i reported this after the fact but that she you know, they asked her three or four times before, and she kept saying, no, 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 no. And then they offered her, what, $5 million? And finally she said yes, and that's not her fault. But at some point, if you're John Skipper and you are you guys are running ESPN, you have to say, well, maybe, yeah, she doesn't, she's going to have to get up at 4 in the morning every day. Maybe this isn't the, you know, best match. And I think also they probably should have gone, you look at what, you know, Good Morning Football has done, your, your show, Jimmy, mm-hmm. on NFL Network, you know, what, what they've done, is, is you know they built a um, some um, camaraderie and, and a show, and I think it would have been much wiser if ESPN had started that show on ESPN two, built it up, and you know organically they could have spent a lot less money, and then when it was ready for prime time and critically acclaimed, you don't have to do so much publicity, then move it over into that ESPN slot. I just think that makes a lot more sense uh, than what they've done. Now, can it be successful? Yeah, I know they're, they they say they're committed to it. We'll see. I mean, I would be shocked if one day we, you know, heard or, you know, um, you know we, we had a story uh, where, uh, you know, that they switched it to Sports Center. I mean, that wouldn't shock me. But I think right now they're committed to it and they'll, they'll probably stick with it. But it is, it's basically Sports Center now. And, so, Andrew, uh, December, 31st, 20, December 31st, 2019, is Get Up still on the air? I say yes. I say yes. I'll say yes, just because I want to be a nice guy yeah. too. But I will say, <laughs> I, I, I will. I will say, I, I, I don't think your story got enough attention. Um, it really is an amazing story there that ESPN asked Michelle Beadle three, four, five times to do the show. She says no. They throw a ridiculous amount of money at her, and then she says yes. And clearly, she was miserable doing the show because I guess on her last day, wasn't she tweeting like? You know, hated being, and I, I shouldn't be facetious because I, I guess she tweeted like, you know, can't wait to go back to LA. I don't, know, I don't watch the NFL. I mean, she didn't want to do the show. I mean, it was, right? I mean, it's, it's just I don't know who comes out of that. Right? I'm saying I don't even know who comes out of that looking worse. Her ESPN. I mean, it's a terrible job by both of them. 
yeah, she didn't want to do the show. I mean, look, I can't blame her if they're throwing $5 billion at you. Um, I don't know what she made previously, but that's great money. And so you you suck it up for a little bit. But then you know, she didn't really, I don't think from what I could tell, she didn't want to move from L.A. to New York. And so it just the, the concept of the show, um, it just didn't really, it just doesn't really work. And, I mean, quite honestly, I, you know, you could say, here you go, get, get ready to drink, uh, John. Um, give Mike <laughs> and the Mad Dog, you know, three each or three and a half each and have them yell at each other. And I know maybe people say that wouldn't work nationally. I get a feeling it would work nationally. Um, if, uh, yeah, the two of them going at each other, I, I don't know, I think that would be a better investment than putting three people who don't even know each other that well. That's the biggest issue, too. Right. I just want to say, just, when you're planning a TV or radio show and you put two people or three people who don't know each other well and, you want, and you're building a show on chemistry, I think you're asking for trouble. I just... It, to me, it's mind-boggling that ever happens at, at that level. Yeah, I want to emphasize a point that Andrew made, which, which is, you know, good morning football. They were in relative anonymity for, what was it, six months before they, they started getting a lot of press uh, uh, about all that. So they, they were able to go through all the hiccups that, that um, get up. It was all very public, and, and, and really having that story hit with their salaries right before it went on was uh, was just it was <laughs> deadly. It was a killer. It, yeah. it ensured that there was going to be a bright spotlight on them and and everything that they did. Oh, plus it, it was a bizarre cast. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to get into saying. But listen, it. give Trina credit. Yeah. Trina, I I went back. I was doing research for an A Rod story I had last week, and he had one of his. What was it called Trina thoughts? Um, where he was after the upfront and Trina just said right away he just panned that show and said it would be a failure. Wait, what did they do in the upfront? He's not it was an awful they showed they showed I'll show you how nice him. They showed an awful and I mean awful video clip of like Beetle and Greenberg in a cab and picking up um who's the third person on the show? I don't even Jalen Rose. Yeah picking up Jalen Rose and it was like, you know, Full House meets Seinfeld. It was just, it was really bad. Uh, speaking of really bad, we I haven't mentioned FS1. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't even, I know, I know John will probably come out strong with a disagreement here. I don't even look at them as competition for ESPN at this point. And I'm talking about during the day. I'm not talking about when they have the MLB playoffs at night or college football. I'm talking about their, their, their studio programming. I mean, it's all awful. Nobody really watches it. What's the state of FS1 right now, John? You want to, John, you no, want to tell him why he's wrong, or should I? I know what you're going to say. It's the cheap shows to produce, and they probably sell ads and make money. Well, John just had a story, and now everyone's texting me, but they love putting in that sports business journalist type of story. Now, John's a great reporter. Let guy. John let John um, take FS1. Go, John. The, the, the fact is, the ratings were better for FS1, and granted, they were helped by the World Cup. And right. The, I'm talking NBC about the studio also, shows. I'm talking about the studio it, shows. They, they, yeah, they've made some ground. I mean, oh, it's yeah, a yeah, total day rating. Yeah. yeah. What did you say, John? I said, yeah, it's total day rating. Right, so, so instead it, it of comes to studio shows, right? So instead of seven people watching Bayless, ten people watch him. Okay, I mean, <laughs> it's not true though. No, I mean, I get, I get, you don't like him, and I can see why. I mean, I, I, I ripped Skip Bayless twenty years ago when 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 they they changed cold pizza the first take. Um, no, no, I wrote but, that, but you're taking cut, this. Cut, you're taking this all out of context. It's not. Here's my. How many people a day watch Skip Bayless's show? I don't have the numbers exactly, but I think right. it's somewhere 
between like a hundred. It's around two hundred thousand. No, it's not. It's in the hundred. It's like and, a, it, and it's it's more than it was uh, the the previous year. It's like a hundred and fifty thousand, hundred and sixty thousand. Uh, I did two hundred. Right. What do you want from me? Well, accuracy would be nice. I know Donald Trump's president. But I just said. I still care about facts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, now you have Fox Sports calling, uh, saying... I'm just saying. That, uh, you reported 200,000. Okay, so let's say it's 200,000. Let's say I'll give it to you. Let's say... Whatever, okay. my, it's 150, 200. Go ahead. Okay, I mean, is, is that... I mean, this is what Skip Bayless gets paid $7 million a year for, and we're going to call it a, a success? That's a success? $7 million um, a year I'd have for, to see what the... Uh, I'd have again, to see the exact ad rate. Again, but put, I think I think it probably is a success. Yes, I'd probably say it's probably a success. All right, John, go ahead. So here's a here's a stat. For the past 25 years, the most watched uh, t- uh, cable sports channel was ESPN by far, and the number two was ESPN2 I by am, far. Right, I got that. And, I, and this year, for the first time ever, the number two one, and this is, this is for total day, not just for prime time, right. so it en- encompasses uh, everything. Now the number two one is NBC Sports Network, and the number three one is, is FS1. So, I mean, FS1 is – they are getting some traction, and as people are watching – Okay, can I ask you the, a question? Um, did, did FS1 air World Cup games during the day this year? Uh, they did air as well, okay. and that, that certainly yeah, helped but, that yes. but how okay. can you – but, but, Jimmy, I don't understand. Your premise is all right, ESPN2 gets to use every college basketball game, but I'm every not, little thing they have. I'm not comparing, so have, I'm not comparing FS1 to ESPN2. What I'm saying is this. Do you consider ESPN's daytime programming, not World Cup games, do you consider ESPN's daytime programming a success? Do you, do you hear buzz about them? Are people watching them? Are they driving any kind of discussions? Are they a ESPN factor? ESPN or FS1? You said ESPN. F- FS1, FS1. Okay, FS1. You, go, John. You want to go first? Uh a success? I don't know if it's a success. I don't think it's a failure, though. I okay. Think that, uh, that 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 it's. Uh, I think they're doing okay, uh, and and I think that. that but can it, anyone that, uh, remember anything that has happened on any of those shows outside of Shannon Sharp drinking Hennessy one morning? Didn't they have a uh, uh, Levar Ball's father on one? I believe that was two years ago, and if it's Levar Ball, I mean, if you want to count that as quality programming, <laughs> God bless you. I think I think FS1, especially Skip. Does a remarkable job of being in the discussion for, you know, being a lesser seen show compared to others, um, you know, in our little world. But again, world. oh my God! But I get, I get it. I get it. He's trolling. He's tro- again. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't do this as a profession. You know, I. But it's not again, a real. It's not. If his whole. Sh- it's not. Yeah, but you like wrestling. What's the difference? It's wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's not journalism. It's, it's entertainment. He says the exact opposite of. What any logical person would think about LeBron James, people go crazy, players react, and he does it again. Is it smart TV? Is he like in in some you know he's like he's like the most brilliant troll? I mean, I don't in, in some regards. I'm not saying he's like the like, original like, troll exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you said about Barstool. Like you know, we're not getting into the content of it, but is it successful? Yeah, you could argue. I would say for Fox Sports One that Skip Bayless is. Well, Finding him has been successful. Well, here's yeah. the difference. Here's the difference. Barstool okay. comes right out and says that they are a comedy brand. If Skip Bayless did that, then I'd have no issue with it. Skip, well, Skip get Bayless is up on Skip Bayless. I mean, I mean, he is it, doing I comedy. Skip, <laughs> Skip's show has to be the most successful show of the of that afternoon block. There, I would think. Well, I mean, would I, would, you, I would hope so. I mean, no one's watching. Uh, what is it? Jason Whitlock and who I don't even who's he with on that other show? Marcellus Wiley. Yeah, how many people are watching that show? Let me guess, two hundred thousand. Uh, 
<laughs> a little less than not, they don't do it. They are not doing as well. It's oh, around, I'm shocked. Seventy-five to hundred. Oh my god, seventy-five thousand people watch that show. Oh my god, and you don't. And you think FS1 is just fine during the day? And they're what? They're uh, just fine during the day. Yeah, because uh, that uh, look. I, we You're love talking reach. about the studio shows. Uh, the, the, that, the whole reason for being for those shows are, are live sports rights. Right. And so if you have yeah. something in, during the day, that, it's a, that costs nothing for, for Fox to put there. They, they fire up the studio and, and put some talent out there, and it eats up hours of the day. And, and you know, they're hoping to grow it, of course. But it's, uh, well, that's not it, happening. Well, and, and here's the other thing, Jimmy. I think that's a little underrated. Again, I'm not saying that Skip Bayless is some, like, um, you know, one of the great talents of the 21st century. Um, but I will say this. It's not as easy to find people that can do and bring in an audience like that when, you know, who, who, who can be so polarizing. Again, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing or it's art or anything Completely like that. Completely disagree. Saying, if you're a TV executive and you're looking to hire people and you look at the whole country and look at people who are on radio and, and in who are newspapers completely and are on TV, disagree. You say I want to put somebody in there and and can bring in that level of people. It's not as easy. Totally, as you think. totally disagree. Anyone? Really? Who? Give me, give me one name. Doesn't matter who. Name. It, it doesn't matter who. You get someone on there to say ridiculous shit on a daily basis, and people will go and react. But doesn't matter who's done saying. Twenty five years, and so he has a whatever a following of some sort that right. It's has that train, followed him to Fox. Right. Sports. It's that train wreck following. Yeah, and and he's going to get another big contract, and he's going to he's going to have another show as well. I mean, right. pe- people, pe- the and we're, we're TV just, executives want that audience, right? We're just focusing on that one show, but they have other shows too. I mean, like we said, the Whitlock show. You said seventy five, whatever. You guys love FS One. You think it's a huge smash? Uh, that's fine. You're entitled to that opinion. Um, <laughs> that's not what I said. ESPN <laughs> shaking in their boots. Uh, <laughs> Didn't say that. Either. <laughs> All right, I, that's enough about FS One. Let's talk about. 2019 what are you what what's going to be a big story sports media story in 2019 go ahead john all right i already mentioned that the the regional sports now now for someone who's for someone who's not intelligent like me how is this tell tell the listeners like how does this affect the sports fan on a day-to-day basis so Uh, the, the regional sports networks are in 22 markets. So if, if you're in one of these 22 markets and, and you follow the, the, your hometown teams, whoever owns these, these channels, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big deal because it's going to determine whether you subscribe to your cable operator. Maybe you'll subscribe to Amazon if they come in and, and, and make, a, you know, make, make a serious bid. Maybe you know, you'll be streaming it. Maybe you know, somebody will buy it and, and – uh, and the the cable operator will 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 drop it, and and you won't have access to it anymore. Oof. I mean that the people that the people that come in. I mean, imagine Yes Network not not being available in in your in your home area in the summer. That I happened mean, you, one you year, go, and it was not pleasant. Yeah, you'd go crazy, yeah. and, and just I think it was a year ago. Comcast dropped Yes Network, and right, it, it right. was in Jersey and Connecticut, but it was you know Yankee Yankee territory, and you know they they didn't put it back on until Fox came with sort of Fox news to say like, well, you don't put that on and you know, we're, we're going to take off Fox news as well. So they were able to sort of jam that in so people could get it. So there are a ton of potential implications. It's a $20 billion deal potentially. So, you know, that doesn't happen. Every so two, day. So two questions, a, two questions. So you said it's 22 markets, correct? 
Uh, right. And will we will it will it definitely be settled in 2019, or is this something that could drag out? Uh, it's, it will definitely be settled in 2019 okay. by, a, by by part of the contract. Once the uh, Disney Fox deal ends, they have 90 days to, to make this sale. So, you know, they're, they're really running up against it right now. And is it going to be something where it's all sort of broken up? Like, let's say, you know, the Yankees we, buy yeah, back. We don't know. Okay. Okay. So like, it's potential. Uh, some a company like Sinclair could come in and buy them all. Okay. It's a potential like nobody's going to be able to do that. So then they'll sell it to, you know, team owners or, right. you know, some uh, some money guys or uh, who knows. That's uh, right. uh, that, that's why this is a fun story. So there could be a, a scenario. I'm just throwing out these names. Hypothetically, they may not even be part of the 22, but let's take baseball, for instance. It could be a situation if it's not a group where, you know, the local ABC affiliate buys the Reds and the broadcasts and, uh, you know, the local NBC affiliates buying the Pirates and you have uh, a cable channel buying the uh, Twins. Like It could be something like that as well, too, right? Potentially, except for you have to buy the channels. The channels, the rights are tied right. in. Right. The, the, the rights are tied in with the so channels. Fox Sports so Ohio, Fox buy, Sports. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So if you're buying the Reds, that they're in Fox Sports Ohio, you also have to buy the Cavs, and you also have to buy the right. Columbus Blue Jackets, and and get all of that in there. That's gonna. I guess, that will be wild. I guess with 22, 22 networks being split up like that. Yeah, and and, and who knows? There's been you know rumors. Ice Cube has been uh, uh, you know kicking the tires to to see if he wants to get in it. So it's a it, it it could it it could go anywhere. It could go everywhere. It could go back to Fox. Who knows? Right. It's a, it's going to be a fun story to, to to follow. All right, Andrew, what do you got for twenty nineteen? This podcast ends at the end of twenty nineteen. <laughs> maybe, maybe we haven't even discussed the app yet. So strap I know, in. I know. No, um, give me a twenty nineteen. I don't know. Story. What what's the question mean? What give me what's something that is going to happen in sports media in twenty nineteen? Something that's going to happen. What's going to be a big story? Um, what has the potential to be a big story? I'll say, uh, well, you know, my night booth will be a big story in terms of what they do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be you, one. Are they going to change it at all? Um, I, got, I mean, i got to save this for the post, but I would say, yeah, they might. I mean, I think they will change it in some way. I know that... Some of our brethren took like Jay Rothman saying the other day that like, oh, we're committed to this. I mean, it's the middle of the season. He's not going to say that uh, they're going to, you know, to, you know, blow the whole thing up for next year in the middle of the season. I mean, last year, Stephanie Drewley, you know, did an interview with Richard Deitch on when he was at Sports Illustrated where she said that Sean McDonough was coming back. And then, uh, um, you know, as we saw, he did not. Um, so, you know, so we'll see in terms of what they actually do. Uh, I'd, I'd say Witten does come back, though, probably. I, I'm not there. That's just, just anybody listening, taking notes, whatever out there, I'm not reporting that. I'm just saying right now I would say he, he's back. But well, he has a contract we'll as well, too. I mean, not that he has yeah, been, a four-year contract. Yeah. So uh, for big money, yeah. you know, Dallas Morning News reported it's four and a half to five and a half million a year. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, you don't keep them on. I mean, they can have them do other things, you know, but um, that's a lot of change. All right. So you think – the but so but you think there could be a cha- there there's a chance there could be a change you think yes I, I would okay. say yeah I, I definitely think they could they might blow it up um you know and but I think they give it at least one more year okay probably all right I mean, I, I yeah that's think my they gotta give it that booger mobile I'd be shocked I mean I look I'm I was shocked they did it in the first place but if the booger mobile is back I mean that's one of the terrible decisions I don't, of all time I don't know if the booger mobile if the crane will be back. But I would be willing they to... They hate when you call it the crane, by the way, Trina. Well, what is it? 
It's a mobile, the booger mobile. Whatever. If I will bet you, I don't know if he's going to be in the crane or not, but I will bet you what, guy. <laughs> whatever you want to bet uh, that he's not in the booth next year. That he's not in the booth. So not in the booth. Booger off. So I don't know if he'll be on the crane. I don't know if he'll be standing a la Tony Siragusa. I don't know if they'll put him on top of a goalpost. I'm just saying. Why do you say that, Jimmy? Uh, let's just say, um, how can I put this without saying what I want to say? Uh, uh, let's just say I've heard rumblings. It has to be a two-man booth in the booth. Yeah, I've heard that too. But if they go to which Yeah, I, I've heard that too. From multiple people. Yeah, so have I. I've heard that too, but but I get it. But the, the thing is, sometimes it's a little circular thing. I, I do think there's some truth to that. There's something there. But at the end of the day, they can say to, to um, Jason Witten and his agents, they can say to him, look, we're either taking him off and his broadcasting career is over. He's going to get his money. We're taking him off. Or we're going to do a three-man booth, and they'll have to make a decision. So, yes, it's in the contract. It could be. It, it may be. I don't know that. 100%, but it may be in the contract. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, those are words on paper, and you can get around them, I think, if you're ESPN. And, and why you would have put that in the contract also is beyond me. We, we gave the people who stuck around to the end a little nugget there. Yeah, I mean, God bless them. God bless you for you have this on your podcast on. You love sports media. I'm just saying. I, you know I, what? I love you for it because I love sports media too. I'm just saying. All right. Are there any 2018 stories we didn't touch on from sports media that you think we, that are worth mentioning? I'll let you guys have the last word here. John, you got anything? I, we I'm, covered I'm, it all. I'm we, dry. Co- we covered it all. Yeah, I think, uh, let's see, CBS, NBC, Fox. I mean. We covered uh, it all. We covered it all. Yeah, we got it all. All right, I appreciate you guys coming on. I hope you guys had a great 2018. I hope you have a great 2019. Um, Andrew? Wait, are we not going to talk about Mike? I mean, I'm not... I'm it, listen, this is a national... I've listened to this whole thing. It's a national show. I don't want to bore John with it. He's from Washington. He doesn't care about Mike or his app. I will say, you know, I'm worried... I am fa- By the way, I am fascinated. No, don't from that. DC. There, there, there's no radio guy down here that... that, that that's anything like Mike Francesa. That, I mean, he says something, you write it, people click on it. I, I, it it's phenomenal. That's why yeah, we have popular radio guys down. Here. That's why Bob Raceman named him the Sports Pope. <laughs> I just listen. Well, I, will, I don't get it. I just cannot figure out why he's popular and how he's popular. I will because he's been I'll, he's been around thirty years in New York City. And you know, he's kind of an institution. I will say, yeah, him and Mike and Chris. Is yeah, you know, they're probably the most legendary sports radio duo of all time. I do. I, mean, I, don't know I will say this: I do worry about Andrew. I worry because I do think, I think if K ever, if Michael K on the on ESPN Radio New York, if he ever beats Mike Francesa in a ratings book, I do think that one night, like coming out of the post offices, someone might go up to Andrew with a baseball bat, whack him right in the back of the legs, Galuli style. I do worry about that. Because the big guy is, was not happy with Andrew Marchand a couple of months ago. Yeah, because Andrew, you, went, you actually went to their office, right? He got challenged. Well, what happened was, I mean, I, not on, I, mean I was invited down. Mike invited me down. Um, <laughs> Inv- that was some invitation. Wait, wait, hang on, yeah, yeah, time out. How did he invite you? Did he pick up the he phone? He invited me down. Email? Well, he thought... He was told that I said something on this podcast, in fact, that I didn't report, 
I had said that, you know, I, I, I had my doubts about how well the app has been doing, but I never reported a number. And even Jimmy asked me in a, you know, after Mike had mentioned it out of nowhere one day, if I had, and I said, no, I had never let me, that. And can so, I get, let me give, uh, let me give John, uh, let me tell John this story really quickly. Cause if we never covered this post that whole thing. And I, so I just want to say yeah. what happened quickly. I had Andrew on the podcast one week and we were talking about the app and whether it could be successful, not successful, who knows. And Andrew was saying in a very casual throwaway way, line about like, let's say Mike, let's say Mike gave up WFAN and he just did his app only for $8.99 a month. Andrew's making the point that it might be tougher to get maybe big name guests or something like that. So as a throwaway line, he said something like, you know, can you imagine trying to get, you know, an NFL coach like Mike McCarthy, you know, if you only have like 300 downloads for your app or something like, you know, so casually like that. Cut to like a week or two later, Mike goes on the radio and in typical Mike fashion where he's not happy, he's ranting and raving and going nuts about someone reporting, quote, reporting that he has 300 um, subscribers to his app. So when I heard that, I mean, I cover this stuff. I follow all this. I'm like, I never heard that. I never read that. I never saw that anywhere. I'm like, who the hell reported this? So now a week later, I have Andrew on the podcast again. And I actually said to him, Andrew, who reported this about Francesca? And Andrew's like, I have no idea. Meanwhile, he had said it on my podcast two weeks ago as a throwaway line in jest. <laughs> and someone listening at WFAN, because I don't think Mike listens to podcasts, so I'm going to guess there's a mole at WFAN, uh, listens and monitors for what Andrew and I, are, I guess, are saying about the app, went and told Mike he reported 300, which he never did. It was a throwaway line in jest. Then Mike said someone reported it. We didn't even know. We were like, who reported this? That's how dumbfounded we were by the whole thing. And then... Mike went on the air and said, uh, then I think, what, what triggered the one where he called you the weasel and invited you to the show? You did something that day. Well, no, uh, oh, well, you know what? I tweeted out that I had a nice feature coming out on Chris Russo. And so it was right after that. I don't know if that triggered something that, but that's and so his invite to you was over the air. Or oh yeah. He went on a, te- oh. he went on a 10 yeah, minute a rant, rant, called, yeah. called Andrew a weasel and made fun of his salary, made fun of his status in life. And said I didn't have any, said I didn't have any stories that were correct on him. He's you no. call him every day to get quotes. He won't talk to you. You, you tried to get a job at FAN. You're a failed radio host. You're a weasel. Come down here. And if I don't have... You seem to be enjoying this a little too much, Jimmy. Well, I love that it started on my <laughs> podcast. I'm not going to lie. The SI Media well, podcast no, so got good publicity that week. And none of them really were... Well, not none of them. They weren't true. I mean, I, I interned at WFAN in 1994. Well, uh, again, anyways, I've done fine in my career, whatever. The mm-hmm. bottom line is I had the story that he was coming back to FAN. I've had a number of stories, you know, because I cover sports media about Mike that have been accurate. And I think even though I didn't report that, he might have been trying to dirty the waters in case I had and then reported anything close to that. The best so, part is in that rant, in that rant against anyway. Andrew, then he drops the, in that same rant, against Andrew, vicious personal attack. Then he drops the bombshell and goes, um, my return hasn't been what I expected. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hard feelings here at the station. He was sort of intimating that people there aren't thrilled that he's back. And then he goes, you know, I may have to give up FAN. Or That's what it was, I think. He said on the air that in order to make the app work, like he said he w- that the app and the radio show because he's asking people to pay $9 a month for an app that is video of the radio show that's free. So he was saying that he's not sure they both can exist at the same time and work together. So but he initially said, Jimmy, but he initially said that he came back because he needed to, do, to go back to the fan 
because to, to start right. the app. So when he said they couldn't work together, a lot of people had assumed that meant he would get rid of the app because who on earth would leave WFAN? It's like the most powerful gig in sports media if you're in the radio business. So everyone assumed he meant the app. And then I think he was pissed about that. And then he went back on the radio and I think he said if he, if he gave up one, it would be FAN, not the app. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's what had happened. Is that- yeah, well, anyway. And then he said that, that thinking that I reported this, which I hadn't reported, that if he had you know, less than 300 subscribers, he'd donate $10,000, I guess, to me. And then if, it was like eight, if he had 800, which is the number he used for himself, over 800, I owed him $10,000. And then that night, I called him and said, let's set this up. And I also tweeted and talked to Mark Chernoff, who's the program director. And so I said I'd come down. Um, and then he said he won $500,000 uh, for the interview. Now, you don't really to, – to give the amount of subscribers you have for your app, you don't need – there doesn't have to be a charity component or a money component. You can just give it up and we can – there was a misperception you know, that he felt. So there's an easy way to clear that up. So I did go down to the studio um, in New York um, and – he worked from home that day, so he made this big declaration for me to come down, and then he didn't show up there. And I'm not some tough guy trying to do that. It's just he invited me down, <laughs> and so I would love uh, to uh, clear it up, you know, either uh, off or on the air. I don't think he has said anything about it since then. John? No, he never mentioned it yeah. after that. John, what do you think about the story as the yeah. sports? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm Team Marshand, as always, right? Okay. Thank well, you, John. It would have been great so, if, if Mike would have been there. So, so is it it's still sort of in limbo now? Well, his new thing well, is, I don't listen to the show really that much. I just see, I end up just seeing all the clips on Twitter. And his new thing is he's saying that he doesn't, ha- he does not have a signed contract yet with FAN. So he can leave at any moment, I guess. Do you want me to address that? Go ahead. I mean, don't get in trouble back, though. Don't get in trouble. <laughs> don't get in well, trouble. He doesn't have a signed contract. When you can't, so is he working for free? So he keeps saying that when he came back, he agreed to take a substantial pay cut. Be careful. I understand. He thought he was going to make up that money with the app, which I don't know for sure. Do not know for sure, but I do not think the app is making up the difference. And so um, he perhaps then the fact that he says he never signed a contract, that very well could be true. But there's still a check coming every week or two weeks, however FAN people get paid. Um, and so, yes, he may not have signed a contract, but he had an agreement at least verbally, because he's not doing the show for free. So the fact that he hasn't signed a contract and now is saying, well, maybe the contract isn't set and we need to keep negotiating, I mean, I believe that's probably more of a ploy to get more money out of Entercom than it is a, um, you know, the fact that he never had a contract. That's semantics that, um, you know, that this thing happened very quickly. And we, and, and again, getting back to it, you know, I had the story first and I called him up and that was the last time we actually spoke because I said are you going back to FAN and then he paused and then said I can't say where I'm going um and so uh you know that's what happened again just get that bodyguard all right easy <laughs> with that all right you know to give people silly ideas no not I don't people just one person oh you think Mike's coming for oh me? Mike's coming for you baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all in fun. It's, it's sports radio. It's so, and exactly somehow important. Mike, Mike, who doesn't listen to podcasts, somehow knows everything Andrew says on this podcast. That's the best part of it. Oh, yeah, well, he told me how unimportant I was, and he spent a half an hour talking about me. <laughs> so that's the full story, John. That's the full story. Uh, that's great. That was well worth it. All right. 
Well, I appreciate uh, your time, and like I said, I enjoyed the little uh, year in review, and I wish you guys. Wait, are we doing the no? Are we doing yeah. the two? Is this the? I, I kind of got lost there. This yeah. went so long. Is this the 2019 year in review now? We'll get to that next year. <laughs> okay, goodness. Half an hour. I'm trying to wrap up, and you're not letting me. Right, uh, I was just going to wish you guys a happy holiday. Nobody's hu- listening. If they, right. Everyone had hung up a half an hour ago. All right, John. They're you're on at- like four times speed, yeah. John, I wish you nothing but a very happy holidays. Enjoy them. And, uh, Same to you, Jimmy. Best, Thanks, man. Best health and happiness in 2019. Thanks for coming on. All right, bye, Andrew. Thanks. Bye, Andrew. See you, Jimmy. All right, take care. All right, that wraps up the... 2018 Sports Media Year in Review episode of the SI Media Podcast. I thank you for joining me. We'll still have a new episode next week. We'll be here through the rest of the year. No weeks off. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that look back at the year. And uh, I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? the number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast. Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.